Welcome to History Conspiracy Podcast, where we provide the audio and you decide whether it's history or conspiracy. If you would like to support this podcast, you can go to paypal.com and donate any amount to History Conspiracy Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for your support. This woman is one of the principals in a controlled scientific investigation of LSD. She is Mrs. William McGinnis, a Baltimore housewife in her late 40s, a former art teacher with a son at college, a married daughter, and a grandchild, a month-old girl whom she hasn't yet seen because at this moment, in October 1965, she is a patient at a state mental hospital in Maryland. This man is also one of the subjects. He is Arthur King, 33, father of three boys, and in October 1965, a patient in the alcoholics ward of the same hospital. King and Mrs. McGinnis are among some 500 people who have been treated with LSD for emotional disorders, in research projects sponsored by a federal agency, the National Institute of Mental Health. Their experience, extraordinary as it is, bears little resemblance to the headlong adventures and misadventures reported in recent headlines. It was undertaken not for kicks, but in search of the help they desperately needed. It took place in a modest white frame building called Cottage 13. LSD, lysergic acid diethylamide, a chemical compound, an accident of research. It resulted from a Swiss chemist's experiments during the 30s with medicines derived from a plant fungus. It proved easy to make, incredibly potent. A single ounce contains 300,000 doses, each dose drastic in its effects. In these pictures and this music, researchers have tried to reproduce the eerie effects of LSD. This is an excerpt from a psychological research film. This fantastic imagery, forms merging into other forms, boundaries dissolving, this is a crude facsimile of the experience described as psychedelic, mind-altering, which turns the senses inside out. Sounds may be seen and colors heard, words, ideas, may be felt. Science has its own descriptions. LSD, it suggests, alters the chemistry of cells in the brain, alters it in a way that exposes the mind to shattering impressions or to guidance. Memory can be pried open, buried feelings released. With LSD, some psychiatrists say, they can reach and perhaps restore disordered minds. This is a mental institution, Spring Grove State Hospital in Baltimore. It is one of four places in the country where research on LSD treatment continues under federal sponsorship, continues in spite of the cutoff of supplies by the one licensed manufacturer. The project is limited, experimental. Of the 2,500 patients in Spring Grove at any one time, only six or eight are being treated with LSD. 
not as a cure in itself, but as a tool of psychotherapy, and only after weeks of testing, briefing, consultation. It begins like this. When were you admitted to the hospital? It was about five weeks ago. What type of admission was it? It was not voluntary. I was committed. And who actually brought you to the hospital? My husband and six policemen and three police cars. In the autumn of 1965, Mrs. Peg McGuinness is being screened for possible LSD therapy after a severe mental breakdown. She has progressed just far enough to understand her own symptoms. About four years ago, as I recall, something seemed different in my life. And I'd been happily married, and always busy and productive, and I was teaching school, and I had two teenage kids, and something seemed empty. I couldn't put my finger on it. And so I discussed it with my husband, who was very, is very busy, and was very busy, and so he didn't take much account of it. And I said, I felt he was ignoring me. And I was dramatic and said I would leave him if he didn't pay more attention to me. And I, I distinctly remember this, it was around October. So he said, all right, I will try to pay more attention to you. And I didn't think it was sickness. As a matter of fact, when I was admitted over here, I didn't think it was sickness. I thought he was sick and I was well. Well, all that kept on for about a year and a half, maybe even two years, often not, times of feeling that there was something wrong with my life. Things weren't turning out the way I'd expected. I don't mean fairy book stuff, but really. Yeah, I felt odd and kind of empty. And so my husband said, well, then I decided, well, if he's different toward me, there must be somebody else. And so he said, well, if, you're, if you think there's somebody else, and of course he declared there wasn't anyone else, you think there's somebody else, come up with something. And I thought, well, it must be something other than just uh, having an affair. There must be some legal. Uh, illegal mess that he's involved in. Mm -hmm. So, um, there's a lot to go into to tell you about uh, the police, but the, th the thing that really climaxed it was that there was a bank robbery in Maryland, and it was just happened to be in the area where my husband works. I was sure it was he, and I was terribly concerned that he was going to do something worse. So finally, um, I went to the FBI, and I talked to a very important person there, and he took me seriously. Well, I was convinced. And he took me so seriously that he called the agent in, in Maryland, and they dragged my husband, not dragged, but they arranged to have him go up, and he had to take a lie detector test. And he came through with flying colors because he wasn't involved. And the person out there had been so very nice to me and was most sympathetic and concerned because I was suffering so. Called me to tell me that my husband wasn't involved. They, they cleared him, and I said, he conned you. Peg, do you have any trouble sleeping? Well, I sleep fine now. But mm -hmm. before, this summer when I was sick, I didn't sleep all summer. I was sure my husband was gassing me. That he was coming in through the attic or the water so faucets or something. And I slept outside on the lawn. I slept in the car on rainy nights. I was still working on my proof positive that my husband was ill and needed help. Then in working on that, I stumbled across family snapshots and still working. Oh, this 
will do it. And it appeared to me that there were images in there, in the family snapshots. Some pornographic images, some other ones that seemed very contrived. Um, my husband under my foot and um, real corny. Mm -hmm. Well, anyhow, and this was going to be the proof positive. When I had these, I called a psychiatrist and made an appointment for my husband, thinking he was indeed ill. Here was the final proof. And we could save him from his terrible fate. So we went to a psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist talked to me about 15 minutes, and talked to my husband, and then he handed my husband the papers for me. At the same time that Peg McGinnis is starting her course in October 1965, Arthur King is also being interviewed at Spring Grove to see if LSD might help him. Otts, as he is usually called, is a college dropout who twice got to the eve of final exams and then got drunk instead. He also drank his way through the service, a succession of jobs, and a series of half-hearted cures with no results but a growing sense of defeat. Well, I was living with my family, my wife and three children in South Baltimore. Uh, I'd been drinking quite heavily before, right before I came into the hospital. I went to the family doctor and he gave me some pills and he asked me to go home and take them and just relax. And I told him I was afraid to go home. I didn't want to go home and I wasn't going to go home. And he said, why? And I couldn't explain why. Uh-huh. Now, about when you were a kid, what was it like around the house? What was it like with your mother and father? And well, we got along very well. Uh, my father was just a uh, regular, hard-working individual. He didn't smoke. He didn't drink. Uh -huh. My mother was uh, approximately the same way, although I did see her smoke once or twice, and occasionally she took a mixed drink. Was she the kind you could get close to? Well, she and I were very close. Uh -huh. uh, as a rule, she didn't get along too well with the neighbors. Uh, there seemed to be a lot of arguments with the neighbors. But uh, in, within the household, we got along very well. How do you get along with your wife when you're drinking heavy? Well, she would argue with me at first, and then she gave up on that. And uh, Once she locked me out and I broke the door down, she threatened maybe to leave or something like that. That didn't faze me. I didn't care. She didn't. It's not that I didn't care for her. It's just that I, she wanted to leave. I just told her there was the door. Go ahead and leave. Uh, but she stuck by me, and she hasn't left. Hots, do you consider yourself an alcoholic? Yes, sir, definitely. It's caused me a lot of trouble in the past, and at this point I feel that I haven't really accomplished anything, mm -hmm. and I'd like to s start over. All right, now I want you to take all nine blocks and make this design. The weeks-long process of preparing for LSD therapy includes a battery of psychological tests. This is part one in a before and after record of intelligence and emotions. There is no passing or flunking this test. The question that really interests some researchers is this. Will Ott's IQ score change after he has had LSD? They've been struck by the fact that in many cases there is a notable improvement, a greater facility to remember or to reason. But why, they cannot be sure. It may be the drug, it may be the psychotherapy that is the basic part of the treatment at Spring Grove. Okay, Peg. 
let's try to put together what we know now and what the situation was like in childhood. Your father was really... Psychotherapy, the talking cure derived from Freud, the patient freely associating ideas, dreams, memories under the guidance of the therapist until underlying conflicts are identified, brought to the surface and faced directly. The therapist is Dr. Sanford Unger, a psychologist trained in the treatment of mental disorders. Vowed to be strong and not to need. And this was, this was your image. Okay. Now, think back to the time when you're married now to Willie and I guess Cammie and Bill are born. Not. Okay. What did you think of yourself? First word comes up. First word is fake. Not consciously. That's the first word that came up. Now, do you feel you felt this back then? I may have. I'm not, I don't remember that I felt that way. So it may be that I feel that way now, knowing that I was afraid and it was paper dollhouse. My father used to call me a faker. Just remembered it when I was little. I used to spell it F A K I R. To my favorite faker, he wrote in a book once. What was fake? I don't know. Because I didn't, um, the person I created. It was fake. The perfect world? Yeah, sure. The storybook family? Yeah. I got we playing a game now. No, hell. Mm -mm. Tell me more about what you're thinking. Because it's ugly. I don't know. I'm saying what I honestly think right this minute. Reality is without beauty. Is it? I don't know. This is what I feel. My relationship with other people is not a, a close one, as we've discussed before. It's not a. It's more of a loner type of thing, and yet I. I like people. I want to be around people. I want to be a part of them. But I, I don't feel deeply towards them. I try, but I don't. Has there, has there ever been anyone you have, have felt deeply close to? Well, certainly my children, my wife. But you still, you do feel then not apart from them, not alone? I feel a part of them, but maybe I don't always show them as much affection as I should. I make the attempt, but... Uh, it doesn't that, come off. It doesn't, right, that's it. And it leaves you again with this sense of... of isolation. Right. That's it. that's it, exactly. It takes 15 hours of this intensive probing, an hour or two a day, before Peg will be ready to confront her own problems, the fears she has carried since childhood, under the different light, the strange dimension of LSD. There may be moments when you feel as if your own boundaries are dissolving, as if somehow you're merging into the universe. 
Is it like dying? This is not like dying, but you may feel, in fact, that, my God, I'm dying. Oh, I've felt that before. Well, if you feel this way, die, Peg. Yeah. You're not dying. Well, and as a matter of fact, that. I've felt it before. if you feel that you are dying, also know you'll feel reborn. LSD Day in Cottage 13, a building on the grounds of Spring Grove Hospital. The tablets in Ott's hand each contain a microscopic trace of LSD. For all the sensationalism that has surrounded LSD, the experience itself looks undramatic. The drama is internal. To an observer, the atmosphere seems strangely cloying closer to faith healing than medicine. The religious tone, the furnishings, the music that will be played through stereo earphones, all are explained as conditioners, measures to calm and reassure the mind that is being made sensitive to all impressions, that is suddenly exposed to chaotic sensations. Psychotherapy is a human enterprise. It's in contact between humans. This is an intimate situation. One is exposed in a way that otherwise would never occur. There can't be distance or so-called objectivity. The commitment to a patient is perhaps the prerequisite ingredient. When I had first looked at one of the pictures, my son became alive in the picture, and it frightened me. There was actually a hair in the back of his head that was out of place, and I pushed it down. And then I felt that everything was all right, and that he could go out and play if he wanted. To. That was the feeling that came over me. The rose that was placed in front of me at times appeared to be very bright, alive, open, full, maybe breathing at times. At other times, when the doctor asked me about, uh, well, let's get out of here, we'll go down to the bar and have a few drinks or something to that effect, and then he said, would you look at the rose? And when I looked at the rose, it shriveled up, turned black, even the fern around it fell over. The rose was dead. It's really pulsing. Is it, is it ever pulsing? Wow. It's closing and opening. In the same building, on another day, Peg McGinnis begins the 14-hour trial under LSD. Straighter. Stronger. No, I don't see, I don't know which. No, no I wasn't going to say that. I thought you were going to say lie. No, when I, I'll tell you when I say lie down. We okay. don't talk. Right. What I want you to do is look at the rose. If I want to. If you want to. And let the agony and the hurt that was in you during the 
these years past, flow out into it. What happens to the rose, babe? When it takes on your agony, that was past. It's beautiful as it opens. I just have to tell you about when I feel like I have no air, don't I? Now, it'll pass if you don't focus on it. You'll okay. go right through it. Shut up and listen to music. That's yes. right. Be relaxed and stop thinking. Sleep? Sleep. That's fine. visual patterns of fear. And the first was not breathing. I was enclosed and I died. I was terrified right through. Afraid of being thirsty, afraid of being alone. And I wasn't just alone for a little while. I was alone for a billion, trillion years. Did you look in the mirror? And then I was afraid of what time brought. And I was pockmarked, hideous, ugly, cobwebs and ugly, and old and older and older until I was just bones old. I can tell you about women. They think there goes beauty, there goes love, and they're scared. I looked at the pictures and I saw myself in that child in my daughter with a hurt, scared. Let's go. And then I started to work my way up through solid rock and I just broke through. You don't just cry for yourself. You're crying for your daughter, her daughter, and the ones that come. This is the tie-up with all people. Get it all out, Peg, because this is where you're going to leave it behind. The LSD trial, along with the therapy, has brought about a breakthrough for Peg McGinnis. But will it have the same effect for Arthur King? No one can predict what will happen as Dr. Unger continues the experiment. Ox. I want you to lie back. Put the eye shade on and the headphones let the music carry you now. Let me be your guide, Hots. Just be. Let the music carry you. That's all. 
Get it out. If you'd only seen these. These people are real, too. Bye. Bruce. Gary. That's the battle you're fighting. This one that's in the past. You don't have to prove anything to your mother now. It's to yourself. The place for you now is on the couch, letting the music carry you. Let it do the house. Let this issue be, and it always all lots. You've taken head on the biggest thing that's bothered you. You've gotten it out in the open. Now just be. in you, Ots. Give up to it, Ots. Ots, I want you to remember yesterday when we went over instructions for this. the best laugh I ever had in my life. It was just tremendous emotional release. And I really felt wonderful at that time. It was just terrific, just a laugh. At the end, I felt a great weight had been taken off of me. Instead of feeling like it was the end of something, I felt like it was the beginning. Like it was something had opened up and things could be seen in a different light.
does transfiguration mean? Rebirth. You feel transfigured? No, I feel reborn. Evening. At the end of a strenuous 14-hour encounter between a patient and his own <laughs> inner feelings, Cottage 13 becomes the scene of a family reunion, Otts and his wife, Jean. I've been here. Oh, were you? Mm -hmm. My family. Yeah. Yeah, fine. You wouldn't believe it. I feel beautiful. I feel squashed with beautiful. That is exactly the feeling of, of I, I kept saying, all right, so I'm squashed. So the side and the top and, and then when you're, yeah. you still come through, there's a piece of you left. Most amazing experience, and I found God. What did you say, girl? I said I found God. You know, it only comes after you find yourself. I found a great big hunk of creation. One week after this, Peg McGinnis was released from the hospital. By that time, too, Arthur King had left the alcoholics ward and gone home. The experiment at Spring... Six months after treatment with LSD, six months after his release from the alcoholics ward at Spring Grove Hospital, Arthur King has started over. At the age of 33, he has gone back to school, something he talked about doing for years. In evening classes, he's studying accounting. Which the largest borrowers can borrow monies. Otz has a new job as an insurance examiner, but he says these are only signs of a more important change. Well, um, how have things been going since, uh, since you came out of the hospital? Uh, have, have you had any thing to drink, for example? No, I haven't. Nothing at all. And I haven't had any desire to drink anything. How do you account for that? Well, I think that before, uh, there was always a conflict inside of me, and it had to be quieted down. But nothing's bothering me now. There's no buzzing going around in my head to, that's worrying me. I mean, the worries are all just the worries that everybody else has. Specifically, uh, in what ways is your life different now than it used to be? Well, in, at home, I feel more a part of things. In the neighborhood, I feel more a part of things. Uh, I can remember we used to sit around and discuss what was going to become of the kids and how I hoped that they'd become very successful, and uh, I hoped that everything went well for them. And now when that comes up, I think that... Uh, What's wrong with my becoming something? What's wrong with my uh, doing things? In the McGinnis family, this scene, routine in most households, represents a dramatic change. Peg McGinnis has rejoined her family, including the grandchild born when she was in the hospital. Peg has changed her hair color. 
but the most significant change has come in her relations with the members of her family. When you saw your wife just after the LSD treatment, could you tell any difference? I felt that there was a vast difference in her reaction toward me. What sort of difference? Well, there was... I guess you can look at people and tell a difference in their look. But her look toward me was a look that I hadn't seen in years. LSD as science views it. Here is Dr. Joel Elkis, an authority on brain chemistry and director of the Department of Psychiatry at Johns Hopkins University. Let me ask you a question. We have just seen a, a patient of whom uh, her husband said LSD simply changed uh, hate to love. Yes. Is that really what happened? Well, uh, the love must have been there all the time and the ways in which we often defend against love, which means an involvement, a real involvement, and therefore dependence on a person, is to withdraw or to change it to the other valency of hate. If you say it's changed hate to love, it is simply the experience has simply brought the patient to a point where he can accept love and therefore the possibility of loss of love more. But a drug did that. A drug did that in a, certain, in a certain situation. A drug did it after very careful preparation of the patient, uh, after work with the patient, which allowed him to realize some of the possible profound misconceptions which he's had about himself. So, uh, in this respect, a drug is very useful. But do not say that, do not give the impression that a drug applied to a patient will change love to hate, because if, if that patient had had hate, 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 I think what you'd see is, is more hate. This drug is serious business. But what has happened is that this drug has been used in open settings that claims and extravagant claims have been made for it, which are applied indiscriminately in particularly young people who in some way e seek an instant paradise. The facts are that we should take this drug very seriously, that we should by all means control it and make it available to serious investigators, but that we should not simply, by emphasizing the negative aspects of this drug, swamp the very important potential which is there. What we saw happen here at Cottage 13 seems worth taking seriously in exactly the way that Dr. Elkis suggests as a possibility and as a warning. Six months afterwards, Peg McGinnis has been restored to her family, and Arthur King has already beaten the percentages on alcoholism. Within six months after the conventional cures, nine out of 10 have gone back to drinking. Spring Grove's figures suggest that they are getting results about three times as good as that, but the statistics are so sketchy and so short-term that they don't constitute any sort of proof. Our own sample, of course, is too small even to add up to a statistic. We followed two patients, and both happened to be doing fine, which couldn't be better news, but which leaves out the far more numerous cases in which LSD therapy has produced no beneficial results. The point is that even with Peg and Otz, there is no miracle cure, there is improvement. And it isn't a drug that did it, but an understanding of themselves, which they achieved with the help of the drug, 
achieved it under the closest supervision and only after weeks of intensive psychotherapy. The drug is nothing without the psychotherapy. It can hardly take the place of that process that to so many people means years of probing. It is not, as Dr. Elkis suggests, it is not a form of instant psychotherapy any more than it is a source of instant paradise. Yet something did happen here in Cottage 13, something that is still waiting to be explained. And it has to do with the potent mystery called LSD. It is serious. It is dangerous. It belongs in the hands of science, which understands the dangers, and yet also dimly sees the promise on that farthest frontier, the human mind. This is Charles Kuralt. Good evening. Spring Grove would eventually change administrations and the LSD studies would be dropped after years marked by both failure and success. But Dr. Curland recently told us a new generation of researchers hopes to resume some experiments, in effect picking up where he left off. They're experiments that will owe much to the astonishing cases of Peg McGinnis and Arthur King. Dr. Curland last heard from Peg in 1995 when she sent him a book of her unpublished poems, a testament he believes to her resilience and her recovery. Arthur King, or Otts, has also made remarkable strides. CBS revisited him in 1993. As far as I'm concerned, I wouldn't take a million dollars for the peace of mind that I obtained from this therapy. It was that good, that refreshing, that rejuvenating. And that enduring. About the LSD experiments at Spring Grove. 